0: If you think you felt a great disturbance in the Force, you're not wrong. Ed Gross and me, Mark A. Altman, have a new oral history coming out this July from St. Martin's Press. It's Secrets of the Force, the complete, uncensored, unauthorized oral history of the Star Wars saga. So wherever you buy books, audio and video, pick it up today, pre-order, and you can learn the Secrets of the Force. And don't miss our oral history of Star Trek in stores now. And of course, nobody does it better. The complete oral history of James Bond in digital hardcover paperback and audio. That is all. If you're a fan of Inglorious Trexperts, you're gonna love Trexperts Briefing Room, a Trekspert's new series. Briefing
1: room? What is that?
0: I was about to explain, then you interrupted oh, me. I'm it sorry. Is, it's curated audio commentaries of classic Star Trek episodes from the original series all the way through Enterprise. You're going to love it as we explore the the behind-the-scenes making of all these wonderful Star Trek episodes with cast and crew that you would never expect to hear doing audio commentaries on Star Trek. Sounds like fun. It will be. And you can (laughs) find it on the Inglorious Treksperts podcast feed and on the new Treksperts Briefing podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's go see what's out there.
2: If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made,
0: like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween
2: 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to Podcasts.
0: This is Mark A. Altman, and this is A Picture is Worth a Thousand Words Week. Great cinematography. And are we excited to roll camera on this one? Because <laughs> it's going I to be, it's going to, it's going to be, the screen won't be able to hold it. It's, a, going, to a, 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 it's yeah. going to be luminous. It's going to be luminous. Indeed, indeed. And uh, before. Uh, the presses. Oh. <laughs> oh wow. wow. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to your favorite 4.30 movie host, Mr. Monday. It's Steve Melching. The best boy needs a spinner. <laughs> Dan That's right, right does.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> On Tuesday, it's none other than Darren R. Docterman.
1: None other. Let's just uh, not dolly around on this one. Let's just <laughs> oh. make the shot.
0: Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller. Cinematography joke.
2: placeholder cinematography joke.
0: and thursday it's mark a that's me and i'm just gonna point i'm just pointing because every still you've ever seen of a director and a a, a cinematographer they are always pointing at something but they're
1: all funny funny. squinting
0: they're all they're doing they're
1: doing one thing with the hand maybe pointing a little and squinting
0: which um it's funny funny because they're
1: doing magic
0: yeah, it it is. close, close is up music, magic. They're like Tony J or Jeff Goldsmith. So. Steady camera. <laughs> you mean goes. Ricky J? Ricky J. <laughs> yeah, yeah <that's> Jay. <laughs> Tony J was an actor. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, yes, <clears throat> like Ricky J. Excuse me, I said but still like Jeff Goldsmith. So um, anyway, this, this is great. Look, it's been a long time. Uh, we're in our, our beginning of our fourth season, and uh, cinematography is something. Uh, It's so important, and it has evolved. You know, people think about how the the change from silent to sound was the biggest evolution of motion pictures, but really the evolution, the remarkable evolution of cinematography, from black and white to color, from film and photochemicals to digital, it's been an absolutely remarkable evolution to the way that images are preserved and created for motion pictures. So this is going to be a tough one, I, I gotta well, tell you I really struggle with this
2: it, it's such a unique art cinematography it's so specific I mean of course there's the basis fundamentals of photography still photography but when you, you consider uh, motion pictures evolved from simply getting enough light to capture a moving image and and the, and the place that you know that determined dictated where they built the studios and uh, you know, where there was plenty of year round sunlight and uh you know a, a lot of the original sound stages uh like Millier's uh sound stages in France were all glass glassed right. in so they could get daylight coming in uh, when they weren't concerned about sound uh, sound issues
4: you know cinematography isn't just crucial to making movies I would argue that it's essential because without it <laughs> it would be radio yes. <laughs>
0: You know, Steve, it's funny you talk about that. I, I remember in high school, uh, my high school was across the street from the old Vitagraph Studios. and no they still had Well, I, they still had big, um, uh, uh, like, a chimney. Uh, and, you know, uh, Chaplin, a lot of the, the original people from United Artists used to film their movies. then at the time that I was in high school, they were actually filming the Cosby show there. But huh. it was, like, it was so cool to, like, be in the shadow of, like, this legendary... Um, a place uh, that, uh, and you'd look out the window in math class and see it, and imagine all the cool stuff that used to happen there, um, and not and, paying
2: attention to math, and not to, oh my god, no, of course not, and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but and I, course. I
0: always thought that was neat.
2: And of course, cinematography had to evolve from, you know, like I said, just simply capturing an image that could be projected, but to creating the whole art of it, the whole language of it, the right, you know, ca- the idea behind camera motion and and image size and and color and uh, you know lighting, all those the thousand little decisions that go into, you know, what you what you're what they're capturing an image of and how they do it. Had to be developed for a I'm I'm going to be
0: so interested in hearing your picks today. And I have to say, I just finished the new um, the new Mike Nichols book, Mike Nichols' Life. Great, yeah. it, You read yeah. it? It's fantastic yeah, by um by Mark Harris, and he yeah. talks a lot about cinematography because again, this is a guy who 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 learned to direct on the stage. So when right. he directed his first movie, you know, Who's Afraid of, of Virginia Woolf? So who's right. Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Yeah. Um, um. He you know really worked had to work very closely with his. Uh, DP and even right. you know with Robert Pattiz on the Graduate, it was only his second movie. It was very you know challenging, uh, and and he was learning know, on he, the job. He was he was learning on the job, and DPs can be your best friend or your worst enemy right. on a movie or a TV series, and it's really important to be able to communicate with them right. and and also to trust them, uh, and you can learn so much from, uh, you know, from a really good DP. And the great directors all have benefited from these great marriages, you know, these professional marriages to great DPs.
1: Well, I mean, the famous story uh, with uh, Orson Welles on Citizen Kane going, you know, Greg Toland coming in and uh, basically, uh, you know, putting his uh, Oscar on the desk and said, I'd like to work on your movie. And, uh, (laughs) you know, basically he had a friend from uh, the beginning and uh, he the story goes that Greg Toland told Wells that, "Look, all the mechanics of this I can teach you in a weekend. Yeah. Um, don't worry about that. Let's just let's just go forward and see what we can do. And the great thing is that Toland liked the fact that uh, Wells had never, you know, been on a movie set before, and that he wanted to see what someone who had no idea what the rules were. Yeah, what they would do, and I think that's one of the most uh, you know brilliant collaborations that there's ever been.
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I I want to stop because yeah, we 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 talk about this occasionally. Things I just want to talk about that Mike Nichols book for a second since you oh, read sure. it. uh I mean it, it's unbelievable, and it's so funny because you keep thinking he's turning a corner and he's sort of like getting comfortable with his own skin, and then it's, very, the, it's a very it's a big roller coaster. <laughs> it's a big roller coaster, and you know he really. You know, it's it sets it sets set you up to think. Oh, here's this wonderful human being who who did all this great stuff, and he is such an asshole, but yeah. but charming. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and he wanted to be a better person, but he just seemed like he couldn't quite he just couldn't get off. around to it. He was too busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 and uh, it, it's just. It's a remarkable series of ups and downs, and it's funny because they go into a little bit of detail about you know one of his biggest misfires, that Gary Shandling movie, which I assume right. won't be showing up tonight. Um, and I had just watched on um, HBO Max that wonderful documentary, "The Zen of Being Gary Shandling," which yeah. goes into a lot of detail about that awful movie, and it's just so fascinating. Can anyone to remember hear. the name of it? Yeah. Well, what planet are you from? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I saw it in the theaters. (laughs) Good Lord. Um, And there's also a great on, you know what, (laughs) this is a a random way of doing it. Nick Meyer on his uh, Facebook page said, um, everyone should watch this Pauline Kael documentary. And I'd been waiting for it to come out. I didn't know it was out. So I went and watched it on Amazon Prime, uh, the Pauline Kael doc, which is good, but not great. And then it, it had a bunch of other things. You know, when you finish and I'm like, oh, my God, there's a Mike Nichols documentary. There's a Hal Ashby documentary. Right. The John Milius one, which I'd already seen, right. which is still great. So I ended up watching a bunch of stuff. But after oh I watched goodness. the Mike Nichols documentary, I'm like, oh, I got to read the book. Because I also I love uh, Mark Harris, who did Pictures yeah. at a Revolution. Yep. I love him other than the fact that he's really anti Woody Allen. But I love uh, Mark Harris and that book Pictures of the Revolution is is fantastic. And yeah. I, I thought his Mike Nichols book is even better. And yeah, it's really interesting. Did, didn't you find the Scott Rudin stuff at the end interesting? Because I read it right as all this stuff, like, not that it was coming out. Everyone knew this about Scott right, Rudin, right. that he was a big bully. So they're all, everybody shocked, shocked. There's gambling going on here. But I mean, um, you know, most of his name is rude. So <laughs> 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 what are you going to do? But you see, you know, the way he was with Mike Nichols and it was so sweet. I mean, Mike Nichols was ready to give it all up and he was too old and Scott was nurturing him and like, please, you know, that we, you know, and it did everything to make it possible for him to stay in the game. And it just shows that like these stories, there's two sides to it. I'm not justifying the behavior, but I'm just saying like, no No. one is all awful other than Hitler and no (laughs) one is all great. You know, um... other than me. (laughs) (laughs) Other than you, Ashley. um, (laughs) Have you guys, Steve, you must have seen it. The um, ASC did this wonderful film about 15, 20 years ago called Visions of Light. Oh, yeah. It was all about great cinematography. What did you think of that? Greg Workman? Chuck 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 Workman. 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 I don't know if Chuck Workman did it. I know there was, you know what there was for the 100th anniversary of movies. Remember that beautiful Chuck Workman film? About the hundred years of movies. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a, a really special. It used to play in theaters, and I, I used yeah. to hope to see it when it played in theaters. This is long before YouTube. It's on YouTube now. Right. I used to always love watching that. It was about the time of Dance with Wolves. So this is a while uh, ago. But I was um, wrong.
1: I was wrong. It was uh, Arnold Glassman and Todd McCarthy.
0: Oh yeah, Todd McCarthy. Oh, right.
2: Todd
0: McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What What do you think of uh, of uh, Vision's Life? Because that's a really great movie about cinematography.
2: I honestly don't have any strong memories of it. I know I saw it, and I'm sure I liked it, but I can't speak, I can't speak to it. Let me, let me give a, a point of view that may not be popular.
1: The okay. art department does a lot of work on movies in conjunction with the cinematographer. And it truly is a partnership between the production designer and the cinematographer, to get the look and feel of the movie that the director wants. Nine times out of ten, the cinematographer gets 100% credit for it mm-hmm. and does not share with anybody because mm-hmm. the art of cinematography is so mysterious to everybody uh. and is so, quote, magical. And oh. uh, they're like wizards. They, no one knows what they're doing. No one knows when they look at the cinematographer what they're actually
0: doing.
4: No one knows who they are or what they would do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Well, I, I can see why you would say that because the three of us who are writers were so used to directors getting all the credit. That's right. Yeah, it's exactly the same dynamic.
2: Well, cinematographers um, are also in charge of, I think, the largest number of crew members uh, of anyone. Well, on the certainly film. the most expensive group of
1: crew
0: members yeah. and <laughs> equipment.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But... Uh, but
0: anyway, so yeah, the point I was making about Visions of Light was the irony is this is a wonderful documentary of cinematography, but it's only in DVD. You right. can't oh. get it in Blu-ray. You, they, 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 they did not master it in high def. So it's very hard to find. And when you do find it, everything looks like crap. Oh. Because the, the first time I saw it was a Telluride, and I loved it. Right. And I got the DVD, but this is uh, 50 years ago, right? 20 years ago, whatever. But so you can't even now really watch it and enjoy the cinematography for what it is. Uh, you know, because it really is a great uh, trip down, you know, the history of cinema and, and great cinematography. So speaking of great cinematography, let's talk about some great cinematography on this week where we curate a fantasy theme week of movies with exceptional cinematography. And as always, we start on Monday with Mr. Stephen Melchick.
2: <laughs> well, hello there. Um my pick for Monday is probably not going to come as a surprise to any of you. Uh, it's an old favorite of mine. It's uh, it's a movie that I've had a one sheet for uh, hanging on my wall for over 25 years. Uh, it's the it's first It's the Oscar, I, isn't it? The Oscar is the first <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first one sheet I had linen mount, linen backed, uh, and mounted uh, on my wall. And uh, it's a film that uh, needed the Technology of NASA to bring it to the big screen, and of course, I'm talking about John Alcott's work on Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon.
5: Mark this, and come what will of it, I will fight the man who pretends the hand of Nora Brady. I'll follow him if it's into the church. I'll have his blood, No, he'll have mine. <laughs> The boy must go into hiding just for a short time till matters are blown over. The oh, poor
2: child has never been away from home in his life.
3: All
5: clever young fellows who are free and able are hereby invited to step up.
1: My name is Redmond Barry. A ruined lad. And
0: send me to the devil. You are a liar. You're an imposter. You're a deserter.
5: Seems to me little more
3: than
2: a common opportunist. I don't think he loves my mother at all. A good one, which is one of my favorites. (laughs) One of my favorites. Uh, uh, I've always, I've always loved it. That movie had a bad rap for a long time uh, of being slow and and dull, and uh, I I just never saw that. I, I, I think. Oddly enough, the first... Well, not oddly enough. Uh, the, the first time I saw it was on television. Uh, I think I stumbled across it on on Bravo or something on cable years ago. And it was one of those Kubrick films that slipped through the cracks that I hadn't had a chance to see. And I was just captivated by it. and It became one of those movies that I would settle on every time I was flipping channels and, and came across it. And... uh of course, since then had got the laser disc and the DVDs and the Blu-rays, and and uh, I've seen it projected many times, and uh, it is just a ravishingly beautiful film uh, that was um, clearly. I think the the idea behind it was to to give it a very uh, painterly feel uh, of its yeah. time, very naturalistic. Uh, the compositions, the compositions are just pristine and immaculate they look like paintings from the era uh the way the actors are placed in the frame and, and Kubrick kubrick and alcott do all these great camera moves these zooms in and out where it, it gives you the sense of you're you're looking at a at a painting and, and focusing in on a detail of it or, or focusing on a detail and pulling out to see the figures in the environment right. And it's just gorgeous. I mean, famous. The famous story is they uh, they wanted to shoot the interior scenes by candlelight alone, Mm -hmm. without the addition of uh, without using additional artificial light. And that's true in in large extent. They did use these very high speed lenses that were developed by NASA in order to capture uh, those images. They did use reflectors and things like that to 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 help enhance the 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 candlelight. Um, But those scenes actually were filmed uh, in in candlelight and, but that's not to say they didn't use plenty of other lighting and tricks in the rest of the movie. Um, They shot the movie in its entirety on location. They didn't build any sets. So every scene of the film was filmed in an actual location, uh, an actual place. Um, And they would put, you know, scrims and, and filters and gels and all kinds of things over the windows and used artificial lighting to, to control those environments. Um, because of course Kubrick is also famous for doing a great number of takes and you can't, you know, you, you need to have control of your environment if you're doing that many takes so that, you know, when you get into the editing room, things will match, uh, light, lighting wise, if you're using natural lighting and, um, Alcott won the Oscar and the BAFTA for his, his work on the film. And John Alcott, of course, uh, famously was also the cinematographer on 2001, Clockwork Orange, uh, and The Shining, worked with Kubrick a lot. Uh, and um, I believe he was originally going to be the cinematographer on the first Star Wars film uh, and was initially hired, but then dropped out to uh, work with a director he'd worked with before on another project. Uh, and then the uh, another the other cinema, Jeffrey Unsworth. Uh, no, I believe no. Uh, Gil no. Taylor.
0: Gil, Gil Taylor. Gil Taylor. Gil Taylor. Yeah, who, who you know famously did not get along with Lucas, but yes. boy, they created magic together, didn't
2: they? <laughs> well, maybe I'm mixing up John Alcott and Jeffrey Unsworth. I think you Unsworth are. was the first one. Yeah, my you mistake. Are. It's all right. Um, but we've corrected. We've caught it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, it's just a a just a gorgeous film. And and is definitely a film that is probably best known for its cinematography, and uh, it, it certainly uh, was a uh, you know an iconic entry uh, in in Kubrick's uh, filmography. That's a, such a great great pick. It's
0: such a great pick that it was on my. It was close to the top of my list, and I'm really glad you picked it because I was struggling to, to narrow it down as often as my. Problem Uh, and uh, I just—it's an extraordinary film. I I remember the day Kubrick died. I'd never seen it. I went to our good friend Dan Weber's house and we watched Barry Lyndon. And truly, we were all the same then. And uh, was his his TV properly adjusted? I sure hope so. It was—it was beautiful. It was. (laughs) Wow, you
2: had this by '99. You had not seen. I had not. That was one of the only—the only Kubrick movie
0: Mm. that I had not seen. Well, it's not and, one of those
2: that plays at retrospectives a lot. At least at the time, it didn't, because right. it wasn't one of his more you know popular films.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. And and uh, I fell in love with it that day. I've seen it it's, it's, uh, theatrically since, but um, absolutely just a stunningly beautiful movie. It's one of my favorite Kubrick films, and uh, what a great great pick because of course uh, the cinematography, as impeccable as the cinematography is in virtually every Kubrick film. That film is just, as you say, because of the practical locations, shooting in natural light and candlelight, it's just the perfect film for Cinematography Week. So yeah. that, that brings us. <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> so say we all. So let's bring that. That brings us to Tuesday and Darren Tuesday. Dockerman.
1: Well, Tuesday, um, I, you know, I, I had several ideas for what Tuesday was going to be. But then I finally realized that there's one film that um I am not necessarily uh in love with it for entertainment's sake, but i I love watching it mm. if that makes sense, yeah, absolutely. because again, every frame is is uh is beautiful and colorful and amazing and rich and Full of everything you want a movie to be. It's Herbie um, Goes Bananas, right?
2: <laughs> darn it!
1: How <laughs> did you know it be Herbie Goes Bananas? Uh, no. Uh, in fact, it uh, it was nominated for nine Oscars, and it won all of them. Uh, and it was from 1987. It is Bernardo Bertolucci's oh. The Last Emperor.
2: Yes. <sighs>
3: have decided that you will be the new lord of 10,000 years. You will be the son of heaven.
5: At the age of three, he ascended to the dragon throne. As a boy, he was the absolute ruler of imperial China.
3: Stop! The emperor will walk
5: his life filled with sights and sounds no other human being on earth could experience i think the emperor is the loneliest boy on earth i want a modern life johnston who speaks english and french and who can dance the quick step as a man he became its captive
3: i do not want to escape anymore
5: i want to rule a victim of its violent history. I am accused of being a traitor, a collaborator, and a counter-revolutionary. It is not an accusation! A prisoner of his own power. Do you think a man can become emperor again? Yes. The Japanese, they are getting
3: closer to him every day.
5: He was Pu Yi, Lord of 10,000 years.
3: 10,000 years! Yes.
5: The Last Emperor. Uh Bernardo Bertolucci's The Last Emperor. Uh,
1: With uh, amazing uh, uh, cinematography. Hold on. He's here. (sighs) Uh
2: Storaro, right? Yes, Victoria Storaro. Storaro. Yeah.
1: Um, it's every frame is again a painting. It's so I, I think lush is the word for it. Uh, these amazingly, I mean, to our uh, uh, Western eyes, uh, these alien settings, basically, uh, that look so opulent and <laughs> beautiful and sometimes ancient, and yet it feels so real, it almost feels like you're home for some reason, even though you've never been there before. It has such a uh, an enveloping uh, uh, sense to it that you are completely bound into this world that you're watching, and you go along with Henry Puyi on his journey, and you are him, basically. And you experience his life at various stages of his life. And each of the stages looks slightly different in tone. It's like, you know, and the four or five palette. different films that are going on at the same time. It's so well done and so beautiful and so lyrical in every image that uh, I, just, I just can't forget the images that are in it. I mean, even in the trailer, the trailer shows maybe, you know, 10 or 12 shots all of them are amazing. So it's, it's just something that I never forgot seeing in a, you know, large 70 millimeter uh, presentation and uh, is absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, Storaro is, is a master.
2: I, you know, I want to say that's one of the films. I saw that at USC when I was in film school there. And uh, I, that's one of the first films that really made me think about cinematography because yeah. it's so gorgeous. And I, I just, that's a great pick. I, I love that. I actually really like that movie as a movie as well. Yeah. And uh, wh- I just watched it last year, the Criterion uh, Blu-ray of it last year, which is wonderful. And um, I, I got to visit Beijing a few years back and got to go to the Forbidden City. This mm-hmm. was the first movie to ever film in yeah. the Forbidden City. Yeah. And being able to walk around that place, it was it was incredible. Um, and, of course, all I could think of was this this movie, which had always made such a big impression on me as well. And I'm sure you were grateful that your organs weren't in a box. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah.
0: We all? I, you know, it's funny. I, it's such a great pick because this is a movie that I saw when it opened uh, theatrically, loved mm-hmm. it, thought it was brilliant. Have never watched it since. Interesting. And, yeah, and so... I, I, You know, you talking about it like this and and Steve amplifying what you said, it makes me want to watch the movie again, which is what I love about this show. I think that's the
1: intent of the 430 movie. Yeah, Yeah,
0: absolutely. God, could you imagine (laughs) this actually airing on the 430 movie, how washed out it would be
2: and and, and, and cut down? Unfortunately, (laughs) on the 430
1: movie, it would have to be stripped over two weeks.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's the great it's a, irony of Cinematography Week. Any of these movies would just yeah. look terrible on yeah. you know uh, th- Tuesday afternoon, uh, you know, <laughs> over broadcast <laughs> on a 19-inch color screen with a rabbit ear <laughs> antenna.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's a really wonderful pick. Uh, I, I
2: like yeah. it. It's a it's a it's a terrific. I don't. Know, I I always really liked it. It's it's a great epic, great epic story yeah. of this 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 kid's journey well, from it's childhood a, it's to. A, it's a great
1: epic environment surrounding a very personal story, Yeah, Yeah. which is a lovely combination
0: for me. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? You're darn right. (laughs) Um, But I I will tell you, look, Storaro, I'm so glad to see him represented because I'm not going to pick him for Apocalypse Now, only because we had Apocalypse Now uh, previously on the show, Uh, but he's like one of my absolute favorite DPs. Although, you know what?
1: We're in the fourth season of the 430 movie.
0: I think we can start repeating. No, you know and what? We can. That's your choice, mister, because <laughs> okay. here's the thing. Uh, it, this is such a hard category that at least it took some of the weight off my shoulders to say, oh, I can't pick that because it was on the show before. Right. Like It did me a favor, actually, because otherwise I was going to be completely lost. You know, and I said, "Oh well, no, we we've had that on the show before. I can't go with that. I can't go with that." Whatever,
2: lost. <laughs> I, you know, I, I have two other Storaro movies on my short list as well. So uh, cool! I can't wait to hear he him on is, Friday. He's on Friday. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Well, a great pick. Uh, Last Emperor for Tuesday, so that brings us to Wednesday. And uh, Ashley, uh, <laughs> Ashley, he's already laughing. Oh God. <laughs> We're in trouble. (laughs) Oh, it's Piranha 2, you guys. (laughs) It's spawning.
4: No, I'm kidding. Um, So let me kind of set the stage for you. It is 1977. movie comes out, um, and uh, it is unlike anything anyone has has ever seen before, Um, with just really amazing art direction, incredibly beautiful um it's it's got images that that you you'd never thought about and a, a soundtrack that a score that that people are talking about uh to this day now you might think hmm what could ashley possibly be about to suggest that we watch on wednesday for cinematography week? can we guess yeah go ahead and
0: guess oh do i have to write it down or what can i say
4: uh, if you guys want to write it down and then say, okay, you just like, write, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's everybody write it down, yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh,
2: uh-huh. Because we're going to turn this into the, Ga- the Game Show the Network. It was 430
4: movie. Ashley does Wednesday.
2: Okay. okay, I got my pick. I'm locked in. <laughs> Me too.
0: Bing, <laughs> bing, 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 bing. It, it, I, I think it's safe to say it's not Damnation Alley. Would that
4: be no, correct? It's not, although that would be yeah, amazing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got mine.
2: I got mine too. Okay, let's go. Oh, I just realized I made a mistake, but I'm I'm going to stick. It's too late now. We're all the same now.
0: Okay, go for it. Ready? Who? who, who, who? Okay.
2: What do you got? I can't
1: read it. I got got Saturday Night Fever.
2: uh, I got Close Encounters of the Third Kind. (laughs) I got Sorcerer, but I think it's Close Encounters.
1: Oh my God, guys! That's that.
4: By the way, you just programmed an amazing week. (laughs) (laughs) Saturday Night Fever. (laughs) Star Star, <laughs> Fever, Star Star, and... and closing
1: headers to the third guy. What kind of fuck's up week is that? <laughs> but I'm all like it. for Friday. <laughs> all of them have great uh, cinematography. Yeah. They do,
4: actually. Um, I would say especially Star, Um, But that's not what I'm picking. Okay, so uh, my pick is Dario Argento's Suspiria.
3: Roses oh, are red
2: iris are blue but the iris is the flower that will mean the end of year
1: suspiria. you can run from suspiria, suspiria.
5: suspiria. you can hide from Suspiria. Suspiria. But you cannot escape. Suspiria. The only thing more terrifying than the last 12 minutes of Suspiria are the first
4: 92. Uh, okay. uh, his, uh, his famous mm. groundbreaking uh, Giallo film um, that was shot by Luciano Tavoli. Uh, and it is notable, first of all, as a film, it's notable for being completely goddamn bananas. The, the, the plot is actually dirt simple. Um, a young uh, ballerina uh, travels to Europe from America to join a ballet company. Um, and first warning should be that the, that, the, that, the, that, the, that the school is located on Escherstrasse, right? Which is, <laughs> you know, of course, you know that place is going to be screwed up. Um, And what she encounters is a series of murders, basically, of of girls who don't quite make the cut uh, and suggestions that there are occult forces at work in the school. And um, there's an amazing um, antagonist, Matur Suspirium, who has like uh, the best name, right? Mater Suspirium, the mother of size. I mean, how badass is that? Look, Darth Vader sounds cool but the mother of size, are you kidding me? Like when she's a witch who freaking kills you, but, but we're here to talk about the cinematography. Now it was interesting to me when Darren brought up the importance of art design, right? And how the art department, how the production design um, can really affect the cinematography. And that's incredibly true here. You can't really separate in Suspiria um, what's really special about it. Like you, you can't, Truly really separate the cinematography from what's happening in the production design, except except in some really interesting ways. Um, but what we most associate with it visually is the use of color, these incredibly bright reds and blues and greens. Um, and it's, a, it's sort of set in a world where in the day, when you're outside and everything is fine, the colors are very muted, right? And it, and it just seems like it's a normal film. Um, but as night falls, as we get closer to the danger, the colors become brighter. They become more vivid. Um, they tell us something. Uh, now, Pavli will tell you that he actually had a scheme in mind for when things were red and when they were blue and when they were green. It, it doesn't necessarily hold up when you watch it. Um, but it's still incredibly effective because it's, it's, it's unsettling. And when you take it in combination with the very kind of German expressionist set design, right, which is like, you know, and, and, I, and I, this is literally true, Technicolor, you know, cabinet of Dr. Caligari, because it was actually shot in Technicolor, um, anamorphic Technicolor, and it's beautiful. Um, it, it really kind of takes advantage of the space, of the lines, of the angles. Um, creates this sense of how small our characters can be in this space, how strange it is. It's like David Lynch before David Lynch even knew that he was David Lynch. Um, And on a a technical perspective, what's cool about it and how Argento uh, used the Technicolor process is, and Darren, I'm sure can like, can weigh in and like talk at length about technically like how this works, but, for those of you playing at home, in Technicolor, you've got red, you've got blue, you've got green. And when they developed the film, they used the reds and the blues and the greens to different degrees to amp the color uh, that they had created in the production design for the film. Um, and it's just, it's really fascinating. Just, first of all, watching the movie, it's its its really sort of weird and, and scary and... You know, it's it's just kind of unsettling. It has this amazing and groundbreaking score by Goblin, um, which is just omnipresent and awesome. Uh, but it's 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 highly like I highly recommend it. It's incredibly worth a watch, whether you're a horror person or not. Um, just to see this incredible visual experiment, and and actually, it's not just a visual experiment. It's like it's a it's a, an experiment in the visuals and the music and and nobody had ever seen anything quite like it before, especially in horror. At least, like at least in color. Um, so yeah, Suspiria, man, Dario Argento, 1977, completely awesome. Not the best acted movie in the world. You will not be satisfied by the plot or any of that other crap. You know, these are not like the most like you know uh, rich you know characters with these amazing interior lives, but it will absolutely pull you in. And hold you until the end, uh, and it's just it's it's
0: beautiful. What, what a, uh, an eclectic group of movies, and I say that actually in a very proud way. I'm proud of our little show. I think that so far this is this is like a remarkably eclectic and 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 well chosen group of films. You know, kind of like um, Saturday Night Fever, and. <laughs> well, I so you know once again it, it you know it comes down to me ruining everything. So uh, and then you got to spoil tough. it all
1: by saying something stupid like, Susperia. "Yeah,
0: no." <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I I, 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 um, look, I, I, there are a couple of things. I, I told you I really struggle with this because there's so many great options. So you know, one of the first things I eliminated were films that we have picked before. before. So, like, James Wong Howe for Sweet Smell Success was gone, you know. Uh, I, I eliminated Gordy Willis for uh, Godfather Part Two because we had chosen God, The Godfather, like, close enough. Right. Uh, you know, Greg Toland for Citizen Kane, you know, because we had picked that before. So a lot of these films got eliminated. That helped me get it down to about 1,000. Okay, then, um, you know, at Apocalypse Now, obviously. So uh, then I decided, I, I felt it was much harder to be a great cinematographer in the photochemical world than in today's digital world with the eyes and things, which may or may not be true, but that's the way I looked at it because I, I needed help. So like stuff like uh, Roger Deakins in 1917, which was shot digitally, you know, I eliminated for that reason in a couple of other films, um, uh, you know, and I wanted to stick with films that were in the, in the photo, photochemical space. You know, which again got me down to about five hundred movies. <laughs> um so I really I really struggled with this because there's some some true classics, you know, that I think would be on any list of, of great cinematography and great cinematographers as well. And um, you know, it's kinda like how can we not go with like a Michael Chapman for Raging Bull or Taxi Driver? You know, how can we not? You know, French Connection has been on the show before. Uh, you know, Jaws has been on the show. So there, there are things, you know, I love Ca- Caleb Deschanel, but The Natural's been on the show. The Right Stuff hasn't. Has it? No, The Right Stuff has too. No, I, I'm pretty sure, sure I have The people. Right Stuff. Yeah, yeah so, so uh, Caleb Deschanel is another one of my, my favorite cinematographers, Absolutely. you know, as is Alan Davio. Um, and, you know, there are a couple of, of things, a couple of his films have been on here. But things like Empire of the Sun and Avalon and Bugsy weren't, which are all gorgeous movies. Yeah. But okay, I, I'm going to tell you what my pick is, and oh God, it's, it's a struggle because I realized that we had not picked Chinatown, we'd not picked. We talked about it, we talked about it when Steve, when we talked about movies that are famous, that are you know classics that for whatever reason we don't love, and 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 you know again I don't want to embarrass Steve, so I said I, like I said Mean Streets, you know you, you Ashley you said 2001 right. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 Darren, what did you, what did you say? Uh, Do you remember? I believe, our words?
1: I, I believe I said the, um, Casablanca. Yeah, you did. Cass- you said Casablanca,
4: yeah. right? That's Where, the most we're still talking. I never and... heard anybody say it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I know Ashley Miller.
0: And then you all of us can say that. And then it's Steve a mentioned... It's the favorite of writers.
1: It's the favorite of writers. And immigrants. Uh,
2: and like and, and I say, people like... who love movies. People who want to wait. And wait. Chinatown, I, I yeah, you know, Chinatown is a great movie. It's a masterpiece. I just no, don't no. enjoy it. And, and yeah. we we get
0: that, and we we acknowledge yeah. that, and we appreciate that. What I was saying that we never picked it, um, and, and of course John Alonzo's cinematography for that, and, and most famously Star Trek Generations is brilliant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I, I got I, so I got often, to work with John Alonzo, by the way. Did you really
1: on what picture? Yeah. On a TV show. On the World War Two, uh, when there were giants, uh, uh, miniseries on NBC, with uh, Bob Hoskins as uh, as um, Churchill, Churchill, yeah. yeah, John John Lithgow as FDR, wow. Wow. and Michael Caine as uh, as, Michael Stalin. Caine. as
2: Stalin, as Michael Caine, Michael Caine. Uh, Caine is <laughs> Michael Caine, <laughs> Michael Caine was Stalin. Yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah! Wow! Yeah! Wow!
0: It was it was amazing. It was weird, but it was amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I only appreciate oh, that. Wow. Well, so anyway. this is what I'm going to say. I know it's going to make my wife. My wife is not going to be talking to me that I'm not picking Chinatown. I'm hoping we do a Nicholson week or we do sure. Detective Week sure. or, or or you know uh, just because it's so. Uh, I mean, it's like I can't believe I'm passing on Chinatown. Well, I just you can't know what happens it. to nosy boys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So my my pick because I don't see this showing up in any other week. So I I am making this. Whereas Chinatown, I could see very comfortably fitting into a lot of other weeks. Same thing with Manhattan. With Gordy Willis's Manhattan, which is a stunning. You know, I could easily have that. Could have been my pick. And big oh, Mark picks another way out. So I didn't even though I think it's gorgeous. I This is my pick. The great cinematographer, John Alton, did a B-movie called T-Men.
3: What's your game?
5: What's yours? We'd like to know what you were trying to pull out the club trim, Dan. I don't follow you. A little trick of folding money a certain way. Where'd you pick that up? Where'd you get the lowdown on the Trinidad? Schemer tell you? I read it in a book. You don't know any Schemer, huh? I can't hear a thing you're saying.
0: Uh, a, a noir, one of the three famous noirs that Anthony Mann directed before he went off and did all his famous westerns. Now, a lot of people would say uh, Alton's probably a crowning jewel of the noir era was the big combo. And they might be right, but <laughs> T-Men, as Steve I'm sure will attest when I'm finished talking about it, is, is one of these mock, not mockumentaries, but like documentaries of the era about these treasury agents that are investigating counterfeit bills, and So um, no, they're not G men, they're T men. They're T men, right. they're T treasury, they're tre- treasury, tre- treasury agents. And it, you know, it kind of has this like, you know, you were there, and of course, it starts with that like Jack Webb title: "These are the treasury agents who keep America's currency safe." You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And and and, but it is so brilliantly shot. Uh, and, and again, um, John Altman, who shot it, wrote the, probably the first book on cinematography called "Painting with Light." which is probably one of the most famous books about cinematography. Um, and he later went on and did a lot of famous movies like Father of the Bride. And, of course, he did uh, American in Paris, the dance sequence in American Paris, won an Oscar for it. But his noir work is impeccable. And, again, a lot of people who who, who you who may not know the movie, they know that shot from the big combo uh, in, in, of, the, of Robert Conti standing in the... Um, uh, 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 at the airport in, inside this um, hangar and there's all the shadow and smoke and it's like one of those really iconic images of noir but Team men uh, there's this murder in um, uh, in a sauna that's a, a fantastic and June Lockhart is in it, she plays the wife of one of the Team men and he's undercover and she runs into him and she has to pretend she doesn't know him because she knows he's undercover. And at first, she's like, "Hey, where were you?" Been? And he's like, and then she has to do backtrack and go along with this thing. Um, it's so great! It's so great! It's so wildly entertaining. And partially, the reason that this really, like, now it would be like a third-rate procedural that it works and is that it's so well done is because the cinematography elevates it and makes it something special. When everything about it, the performances the direction, uh, 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 certainly the story and the writing, you know, are are, are all B. But the (laughs) the A-list cinematography makes it just a fantastic movie. And to me, like, that's why I'm picking that, as opposed to the many other options that I could have gone with. Plus, I think I saw John Alton speak uh, uh, at uh, at, um, uh, Telluride, and he's one of these, I guess in Yiddish, they call him alter cockers, you know, but they, 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 he was this cranky old guy who quit the business because he couldn't stand the bullshit, you know, and he was just so great, you know, even his eighties and nineties just did not suffer fools. Like all these great DPs in the old school, like when you see Bogdanovich interview, John Ford, you know, just like basically they like look like they could kill you with a look and uh, because they could. So um anyway, so my pick for Thursday is the Anthony Mann uh movie directed by uh, uh director of cinematography is John Alton and the movie is T Men. They did a couple of movies together. He walked alone, which I don't love. Raw Deal, which is pretty good too. But it's the not one with as Arnold
4: Schwarzenegger?
0: Good. No. <laughs> no. But it, it's, it's it's not as good I as bake, T-Men. You a
2: cake. You should not right. drink and bake. And bake. <laughs> what do you I think? I love Steve? that you can do a quote from Rod Neal. <laughs> because uh, Steve, I you think I saw it at, I saw it at the, I believe I saw it at Noir Week at the American Cinema Tech.
0: I think you might have. And I think we might have done uh, movies you haven't seen week at your house once. We all brought movies we love that you like probably or something. Yeah.
2: something like
0: that. And I brought T men.
2: Yeah. Yeah no I, I remember it being a, a, a yeah I remember it being a, f- a fun movie that uh, that looked great <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of other strong <laughs> memories of it to yeah, be honest, yeah, though. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah no
0: it's it's uh, there's so many great uh, uh, set pieces in it and like I said the murder in the sauna because it's, oh this is his character schemer that's his name the bad guy <laughs> the, 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 the the henchman's name is schemer uh, you know it's, like it has when you that name kind a kid of, it,
1: that you sort of you know what you're his, gonna get uh, his it's future so
0: and it has Charles McGraw is a villain who I always loved. He's a good guy in Narrow Margin, but he's always, you know, uh, one of these great villains. And, and so he, he's in it and, you know, has this fun cast and, you know, a totally unpretentious noir, but, you know, and it, it just, I, I love that era of the House on 92nd Street, you know, with the voice of God telling us, you know, the 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 uh, the Lord's work that the federal government is doing to keep us safe. It's you know, it's 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 always so much fun, and uh, the team men is no exception. So anyway, that's my pick. Which of course then brings us to Friday, which is uh, you know, uh, the blood is on the wall. Uh, but I, I I think I got something that we may all be able to agree on. Should I go straight to the straight to the to, to the one that it should be, if you can. I mean, you may disagree. If You have the courage. <laughs> I have the courage. I think um, it's uh, David Lean's uh, uh, epic uh, Lawrence of Arabia, and the uh, the DP, of course, was the great Freddie Young. Um, I, I I feel like you know, any movie, you know, any week where we're going to honor great cinematography, I mean, this should be top of the list.
2: Have we done Lawrence of Arabia? I don't oh, think we have. I really looked at a
0: list this morning, but it was only um it, it only no, went never, up to no. uh No, we haven't.
2: It. It, it's not on my not on my list. Wow. My my
0: my list ended uh uh like in somewhere at the early third season, but um I don't recall. No, it's no it. we have
2: not we have not picked Lawrence of Arabia. and of obviously that's a great pick. I, I remember holding out to see that movie for the first time when uh that great restoration was done by uh what's his name? Um Oh yeah, oh, Mark yes. Harris? No. No, uh, no, Robert Harris. Robert Harris. Yeah, uh, yeah. They showed it at the the uh, that great uh, ABC uh, yeah. Entertainment Complex Center in Century uh, City. Century City. That's no longer there. It's but no longer there. Yeah. seeing it on in the restored seventy millimeter was spectacular.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's not pick. I have to say something that I don't. Oh shit. <laughs> I wouldn't ahead, put it. it. I wouldn't put it in the amazing cinematography folder because most of it is shot outside.
0: Yeah, in and the desert.
1: In the desert, yeah. And honestly, it's a lot easier to light stuff outside. You're saying
4: you cheated because God did the lighting? Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, but I.
4: understand. So 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 different It, it looks beautiful. I'm pretty but, sure you can make a movie in the desert look like shit. Yeah. And
1: the composition,
4: yeah,
0: it's like you ever see Ishtar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but Sahara. the
1: compositions are not the cinematographer. The compositions are the director. Well, that it depends, depends who the director, the director is. The director. Yeah. It does. <laughs> but with David Lean, I guarantee you yeah, it's yeah. him. Okay.
2: Well, you're also, you know, you're picking your film stock and you know, you're using reflectors and you know, there's a lot of other decisions of course that, that can of course obviously.
1: But I'm saying that when I think of I I love Lawrence of Arabia, okay. It is one of my favorite films of all time. But I don't think of it as great cinematographer. That's all. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, okay, so we have one one person who, who doesn't <laughs> share our enthusiasm I don't, so, for this pick. So we, I don't share we, we that. Need to, we, we need to continue. That. What about Russell Mati for, uh, for a Touch of Evil?
1: I think that's a, a, another gorgeous movie. Um, yeah, I know a lot of it was shot outside, but... <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know what? outside it's, it's at night it's black and white different. A tuesday only, on a only, tuesday only two That's colors nice. black and white so it's, <laughs> it's easier
0: okay how about the uh, emotional for for uh, mccabe and mrs miller that was, on Robert my list.
2: that was on my list that is a gorgeous looking movie uh yeah. I, I meant to watch it before this week but uh uh, there are several Vilmos Zygmunt movies on my list, uh, including that one, which is is terrific. Uh, another one that I did watch this last week was Heaven's Gate. I watched the uh, director's cut oh, yes. of Heaven's Gate, which Who is gorgeous. Vilmos Zygmunt. Vilmo of course. Yeah. Well, I'd have to recuse
4: myself um, from anything that has the name Miller in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I got to tell you, Heaven's Crossing. Uh, uh, yep. Yeah, Miller's Crossing, I by that? the way, Barry Sonnenfeld. And and Miller's Crossing was on my list, but of course I picked that for Gangster Week. Right. So um, I I not didn't include that, but that is Gangsta also one guy. of the the best looking uh, movies of all time as well. I mean Barry Sonnenfeld before he became a director was an amazing cinematographer. Yep. Um, In fact, maybe that's Blood Simple. <laughs> well, uh, no, no, Heaven's no, no, Gate's no, no. audacious. I
2: have to give credit for I, that. I agree. That yeah, that you know that's a fucking ballsy choice. And that you know what, Heaven's Gate—that—that's the entire week. You would need all five days for <laughs> that movie. Just to yet. watch it. Yeah. It's three but hours. It's over no, three hours. And it long. also
4: might be the only time we would ever suggest Heaven's Gate.
0: <laughs> but well, if we're gonna put Heaven's Gate in contention,
1: you could also stop watching it after an hour and a half. <laughs> that's
0: true. I, I that actually really be really fine. Like Heaven's Gate. I, I really like it. What about Once Upon a Time in the West? Mm-hmm.
2: Sure,
0: sure. Uh, Antonio uh, Dali. I I can't pronounce the name Coley.
2: You're uh,
0: you, my Italian. I, I can say calzone, but I can't pronounce his oh, crazy piece Stasone. name. Calzone.
2: But I I, my Ital- other uh, Italian, to Michael. My other St- Vittorio Storraro, my other so movie. Yeah, he's Storaro. <laughs> uh, besides, uh, you mentioned Apocalypse Now was uh, Il Conformista, the Conformist, mm, the conformist. conformist. which yeah, is yeah. a gorgeous movie um, that I've been wanting to rewatch for years. Um, I, I don't know if there's, I don't know if it's out on high definition or not, but. Uh, I, I loved it back in the day and I, it is I think gorgeous. it's
1: on uh, on uh, the criterion channel I think it is
4: mm. Mm. I'd like to nominate a a, a Please. crowd pleaser choice for Friday a crowd pleaser yes and it's funny because I don't really I guess it's kind of like heaven's Gate, because I don't really love the movie I think it's okay um but I think it's but there's a reason why I think it's interesting Lawrence um, of Arabia. Um, no avatar. <laughs> And the reason why is because, look, I don't love that movie at all. It's like going into a candle store for three hours, okay? It's, it's like, all digital. It's, like,
0: it's all done in post.
4: Yes, it is. But what I think is interesting about it as an exercise in 3D is how different it is from so many other movies that were like you know shot for 3D or then transfer to 3d where everything is always sort of coming at your face and i, I oh my god did i just say that <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, by that logic why but don't so we go what, so out what yes. i think
4: is interesting about the way that it's it's shot that makes it unique is how he creates depth in that movie which i think is really fascinating and really beautiful um so well, just as a technical i go exercise, with the
0: abyss over uh, uh, over avatar
4: I mean, look. I I love actually. I love the abyss, but I wouldn't put the abyss in this category for that for for the same reason. The right?
1: abyss because is a black
2: and white movie, although the black is blue. Yes, that's true. See, as much as I love James Cameron's films, I love them for the uh, the storytelling and the direction, and I feel like his cinematography tends to be more. I guess, I don't know, it's a bit, it sounds bad, but workmanlike, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it does the job It's it needs to do. Agreed. It's not particularly artistic. I'd have to agree with that too. But so, the, the main thing
1: is that most of the shots in Avatar have never been through a camera. I know,
0: that's what I'm saying. It's all done in the digital world. So, so Darren... That's a good question though. Does that count?
2: Digital cinematography. Well, yeah, apparently did to the, uh,
0: the Oscars because the Lord of the Rings one. Uh, and, and if you look at the raw footage for that before uh, they did the DI on it, it, it it's yeah. not very impressive. Yeah, right? I I don't
1: agree with the Lord of the Rings getting Best Cinematography.
0: Yeah, I don't either.
1: Yeah. There um, were
0: better movies that were, were more deserving. But, and, but you well, you know, what I would suggest for,
1: you know, if we're going to talk about a big visual effects movie that has beautiful cinematography, then you got to go with Blade Runner. Yeah, oh,
3: that's yeah. true.
1: Because Blade Runner... Yeah. Carries it in, in both worlds, in the visual mm. effects world and the live-action world.
2: Because well, that, that is a before. gorgeous yeah.
4: movie. I mean, almost uh, an yeah. alien, almost by the same token. And,
2: and Blade, Runner, Blade Runner 2049, I mm. think, is stunningly beautiful mm-hmm. as Dying. well. Because
0: it's Roger Deakins. Yeah. yeah.
2: Who we haven't Genius. talked about at all this week, which is strange.
0: Because we suck. Because yeah. Roger Deakins is a freaking cinematic god. He is well. a god.
1: Well, and has did. a great podcast. If we I want mean, one from Roger Deakins, how about the Shawshank Redemption?
0: Well, how about uh, Assassination of Jesse James, which is oh, re- rem- yeah? amazing. And, you know, that yeah. may fall oh, that within your Gerald Last Ford. Emperor. Gerald <laughs> Ford! <laughs> Gerald Ford! <laughs> Gerald Ford. <laughs> <laughs> th- that might fall under your whole Last Emperor. Like, you don't love the movie, but you love the cinematography. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually love the movie, too, but it's one of the most beautiful-looking movies of I, I, the last 20 years. I mean, I, I've been t- he, everything Deacons does. I mean, look at Skyfall. Look how he elevated mm-hmm. the Bond movie with that. Oh my I mean, god! Just the fight
4: alone, like in the tower in Hong Kong. that's oh, just yeah. All like in silhouette is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: And
0: he uh, to and Darren's most of that point, is visual effects, actually. And, yeah. and, and to Darren's that damn up. it, Darren, stop it. He's very <laughs> involved in um, not only art department but costume and wardrobe. Absolutely. Theme, you yeah. know to create that. That color pilot. By the way, what about your buddy Ernie Haller, who directed the second Star Trek pilot, but is more famous for having done Gone with the Wind? Who's buddy? Uh, Ernie Haller, your buddy, your, your, your buddy. buddy, Darren. Your he directed buddy. Where No Man Has buddy. Gone Before.
1: I don't, I don't know him. I know, but he did. A, he did a Star <laughs> Trek. A Star Trek. Just because someone does a Star Trek doesn't make them my buddy, Mark. Gene <laughs> Rescher What about Um, Dane Ressler for Let's Star Trek Two? Let's not. Although Richard Klein,
2: Richard Klein for Star Trek The Motion Picture. Absolutely. Now but if you want to go crowd pleaser, uh, although this (laughs) this one has definitely been through the the digital mill, but it was spectacularly beautiful. I think uh, is Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, that's true. You know what's
4: special about Mad Max Fury Road? It was the first movie I saw in focus in 15 years. <laughs> cause I had, I was not wearing glasses to the movies and like, I was just lazy cause I didn't have any. And finally I said, fuck it. It just got so bad that I went to the eye doctor. I got glasses. And I, the first movie that I saw after I got glasses was Mad Max Fury Road. I remember sitting down, I pulled my glasses on and your and glasses
1: like, broke during the oh movie. Oh my God. It was like, it was like, i was like, <laughs>
4: Is time enough at last. I, I was, I almost cried because oh I was God. like, my God, this is what movies look like in focus. They've been out of focus for 15 <laughs> I years. I was blind and so you now I can
0: see. When we, do, when we do Best Optometry Week, that's a <laughs> new one. <laughs> but it's a beautiful
4: film. It really is, whether it's yeah. in focus whether or out you. of focus like everything else.
0: Yeah. What about mm. Darius Kanji? Darius Kanji for mm. seven. That That is yeah, also man. a film that reminded you of what a great cinematographer could do, and particularly in concert with an amazing director. I mean, the the marriage of Kanji and uh, um, David Fincher was pretty spectacular Mm -hmm. in Seven.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I won't... I I think it's muted. Uh, But but there's another cinematographer that's done a lot of great work recently, Emmanuel Lubezki, who did Tree of Life, Children of Men, and The Revenant, uh, Mm -hmm. all beautiful films.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Children of Men also has that remarkable shot and it has Michael
2: Caine. So that's another thing. Has to <laughs> Michael
1: Caine. Um, Michael Caine. Um, the Last um, Picture you know, Show.
2: The Last Picture mm-hmm. Show. Robert Surtees. Well, and also the graduate,
0: which is uh, stunning. Um, but, you know, I, you know, when I was looking for movies that I felt cinematography really enhanced that weren't just great movies. I looked at Michael Saracen for Angel Heart. Like, I love the look of Angel Heart. I think that's a really, because it was neo-noir. It took film noir, but did it in color without, um, you know, and I, I think that's remarkable. I mean, again, Chinatown did that. So I would come back to Chinatown yeah. and say, John Alonso in Chinatown, what a beautiful looking movie. And I understand your reservations that it doesn't have the resonance for you, Steve, for you know, that, that it has, but I'm sure that even, you know, you would agree that it's a beautiful oh, shot I, and, and uh, movie. Would you not
2: agree? Sir. I would, I, I <laughs> wait Don't wait for the translation. Answer me, now. Answer me. <laughs> Angel Heart. I just, I watched Angel Heart last year for the first time in years and it, yeah, gorgeous. gorgeous. It's go- isn't it go- I'm
0: all this stuff in Harlem and then yeah. in New Orleans yeah. and, you know, and then he goes up north. I mean, Look, Angel Heart's a movie that has never gotten the love it deserves. I've said this yeah. before on the show, and we still never picked it. But it's never gotten the love that that movie deserves. Even in and Alan Week, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, hold <on>. I know. <laughs> 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 it's like that was a big shot, and <laughs> and Alan Parker died last year. And it's like, look at those movies: Fame, The Wall, Angel Heart, um, uh, not Bugsy Malone, but you know, uh, you know, Mississippi Burning is a beautiful mm, yeah. looking movie. Um, you know, he was such a great visual stylist, and he never got his due. I never saw Angel's Ashes, but um, you know, he, he's he's a, he's a guy we haven't really uh, you know given his due. I think Angel Heart. Maybe not this week, but I hope that it finds a home on the show at some point, as I hope Chinatown
2: will. Um. <laughs> well, what about uh, Robert Richardson's work on in JFK? Oh, amazing. Where he was amazing. using multiple formats and, and yeah. film stocks to create, uh, you know, all these different uh, journeys through time and perspective and, you know, shooting in Super 8 and 16 and 35 and...
0: Well, hell, I love why not I tell, I've shot
2: in Super 8. Zapruder, yeah, Zapruder. <laughs> 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 and for that matter, uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, whatchamacallit, Stone's other uh, natural-born killers. Natural-born oh. killers. He also used, I think he used some video, I mean, all different mm-hmm. kinds of crazy he, he film was, stocks. Bananas and his work for format. Quentin Tarantino. Notice
0: how Quentin's career, his directing style, improved so much with Kill Bill. It was such a, a leap forward once Robert Richardson started shooting his movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Reservoir Dogs, but it's like really would Kill Bill that he not only it's not only great writing, but like the movies are great th- thematically as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that was Robert Richardson. You know, working with Tarantino to, together, those guys were amazing. And it's the same thing with Inglorious uh, Bastards. I was going to mm-hmm. say Trexperts for a second. <laughs> the same thing with Inglorious <laughs> Bastards. I mean, you know, and 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 uh, you know,
2: Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is yeah. stunning. And then, of course, there's a, a couple of classics like uh, Black Narcissus uh, by Ooh. Jack Cardiff uh, and Days of Heaven, yeah. uh, Nestor Almondros. Uh, El- Can't do a show about cinematography without mentioning Days of Heaven. But what about The Searchers?
3: Yeah. You
0: know, we haven't talked about that or any of John Ford's or any of these classic Westerns. But The Searchers, to me, is like, you know, whatever problems you have with the search, it's too long, it's too racist, it's too this, it's too that. It's an amazing-looking film. Awesome film, um, and then
2: uh, the, and then you've got Baraka, Ron Frick's or Fricky. I'm not sure how his last name Fricky. is pronounced, but Fricky, uh, which is oh, shot on 70 millimeter, I believe, uh, and it's just it's it's not a narrative film. It, it is a, a film told in, in sound and images, and it's spectacular. Right. If you've never seen it, I, I'd highly recommend checking from, out Baraka from the
1: director of Kronos.
2: Yes, Kronos, the this IMAX Kronos, not, yeah. not the horror one. No, yeah, um, and, and we not have to the Tears Michael yeah, Mann? From Star Trek Six. Um, no, and
0: Dante Spinetti we haven't talked oh. about. Yeah. You know, who did uh you know
2: um what, oh LA Confidential was Dante mm-hmm. Spinelli, which right. is John also a beautiful movie. looking movie.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> which I just watched last week for the first time in twenty years. Wow. wow. Did it hold up? Is I always loved that movie. Yeah, it did. I, yeah. I never loved it, but it, so it held up. Ex- I, I admired it. I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I felt the yeah. same way watching it again. It's solid, yeah. very solid. I, 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 I really like
0: it, other than when it cops out at the
2: end. I really like that movie. Cops out. <laughs> yeah, that was intentional. <laughs> yeah. We that haven't even talked plot. about
0: Pete Pot
1: Whistle.
4: No. Uh, He's a, yeah, yes. I heard Pete Potwistle is a misogynist. Steve got his mug out.
0: right there. That's not going to be a Pete mug. Pete Potwistle. <laughs> 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 no,
4: no, I don't think it will. <laughs> it's our that best seller.
0: Well, I look, I, I still would I would argue for Lawrence of Arabia. I understand the concerns. So Touch of Evil I have, seems I to have go. No problem. Well. I have no problem with But, but no, but but you you know, you push back on that. So maybe touch well, of evil.
4: How about Raiders of the Lost Ark? Since like oh, not you know, they again. quote the shit out of out of uh Lawrence of Arabia and <laughs> <in> the cinematography. <laughs> So does Star Trek 5 by that excuse. Yeah. By that all right, then let's nominate Star Trek 5. <laughs> There's the shock pick.
0: By the way, we had, uh, we had Ralph Winter on uh, the Trek Sports last week or two weeks ago, um, and he was just terrific. What great stories oh. about the history of those films. And if you're a film fan and you care at all about the Star Trek films, you should check uh, uh, out on Glorious Trek Sports with Ralph Winter. It was a really, really great episode. It was one of our longest episodes, and we probably could have gone another couple hours. So it was like um, a like a hundred greatest
4: science fiction moments episode was that yeah, yeah it was not got quite like that, that, it, wasn't long. that
0: long. it wasn't that long. Um Michael Chapman for Raging Bull. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Okay.
2: No. that's good. That's another film that you know everyone says the best film of the eighties. Yeah, I disagree. What it's about good. Michael what about Michael Bauhaus
0: for um for um uh, Goodfellas? Good, Goodfellas? Oh, we picked that. We picked Goodfellas. Before on the show,
1: we've picked Goodfellas
0: before. It's so. been a friend of ours. We've had it on the show,
1: it's but great. I think I think Casino looks better. Box. I think Casino looks better.
0: Hmm. Oh yeah, I you remember know, we had this great. conversation. Yeah. yeah, we had this conversation.
1: Um, you know, I, I think that we just have too many choices. No, we got to we got to pick. There's, there's, there's I'm not too, too much turning this goodness, goodness to the in the world. I, I'm not turning this over to the audience. This is
0: too important. No, yeah. I didn't say <laughs> to turn over the audience. I said yeah, we got a coin. <laughs> we, got, we got to pick. We got whatever. We have, no country for old men. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, and then Fargo, which is Deacon's first movie with them. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, Fargo. Yeah. I think we've picked Fargo. N-
0: yeah, we have. Yeah. my, yeah. my, my uh, Let's go around and see if we can eliminate. Uh, so, my three would be Lawrence of Arabia, Seven, or Touch of Evil. So, now let's go to Darren. What would your three be? My
1: three would be Blade Runner. Mm hmm. Um uh, use your words. I can't. My mind is going. I can feel it. Okay,
4: we'll come back to you. Come back. Ashley, what would your three be? Uh, Lawrence Varavia? Blade Runner. Uh, uh, And Chinatown.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I would have Chinatown on my list too. Okay. So Steve, if we were gonna go with John Alonzo and Chinatown, how would you feel about that?
2: The cinematography is great. I, I, you know, I have no, I have no issue whatsoever. It's know. like it's a doctor. You're feeling pain on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> <day. laughs> funny, funny, funny. <laughs> I, like, I yeah. like Chinatown. It's a masterpiece. The Steve. technical, you know, it's yeah, yeah. great. I, I just yeah. don't like Steve. watching it. But I, it's a perfectly great pick for cinematography week. Relax, absolutely. Steve.
1: It's the four thirty movie. <laughs>
2: plus, plus it, it, he, you know, he gets bonus points for
0: actually making generations slightly watchable because oh, of the cinematography. It, it's like that movie well, is so it, it, awful. Yeah. It's, it's great. Like, only Star you, Trek you, put a, movie. you put an
1: orange gel on a light and you're a great cinematographer.
2: Awesome. <laughs> I don't know. For my, <laughs> for, for my money, uh, maybe aside from motion picture, uh, Generations is the only Star Trek movie that looks like a movie to me. Um, uh, it look like TV shows. It looks like a bad movie, but well,' it looks but, like a movie. Uh, I'm yeah. with I'm with Steve on that. I, and I, you know I have
0: no love for generations, but i I like I think John Alonzo was one of the few redeeming things about that movie. Um, okay, are we going to go with Chinatown? Is it agreed, John Alonzo in Chinatown? I would love to go with John Alonzo in Chinatown. Sure,.
1: Okay. Uh, Mrs.
5: Mulray, May I present Mr. Giddes? Mrs. Mulray How do you do? My husband, I believe, is seeing another woman.
3: Do you know me? I think I would have
5: remembered. I...
3: Have we ever met?
5: She tells me she's you. She hires me. Now, whoever put her up to it doesn't have anything against me. They're out to get your husband. If I can see him, I can help him. It's nothing personal, Mrs. Mulray. It's
3: very personal. It couldn't be more personal.
5: You've got to Nasty reputation, Mr. Kitts. I like that. It seems like half the city is trying to cover it all up, which is fine by me. But Mrs. Mulray, I goddamn near lost my nose. And I like it. And I still think that you're hiding something.
3: I want to know more about you.
5: You may think you know what you're dealing with. But believe me, you don't. That's what the district attorney used to tell me in Chinatown.
0: God, that's great. Wait until we get to uh, uh, It's Music to My Ears week. And then we can't pick Jerry Goldsmith for Chinatown because we picked it. (laughs) That's right. Already been picked. Uh, Can't pick it uh, again. Sorry. (laughs) Not forbid we pick another movie again. (laughs) 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 I want to do that. It's Music to My Ears week. I want to do great scores. Mm. Speaking of which, I just watched Mm -hmm. Capricorn 1 this weekend.
1: What a great score.
0: Great score. good. (laughs) good. So good. So great.
1: When does Alan come oh, in and tell us we're all on candid camera?
0: My <laughs> I've my never
2: in Capricorn one. <laughs> really? No, wait, you, you've
0: never seen Capricorn one. My kids watched it this weekend and loved I, it. How could the know. the expert not? Well, you know, Steve. We all you have our blind spots. No, no. Kid. If you don't have the Shout Factory Blu-ray, it's on HBO Max and Prime, Amazon oh. Prime right now. I would highly recommend Why you watch tonight? it. It's good because um, in its previous uh, really uh, form, it was known as. Um, O.J. Simpson versus NASA, but yeah. in the current, uh, current version is uh, Capricorn 1, and it's really terrific. And, and, and just out of respect to Hal Holbrook, it's <laughs> one of his great, great performances, not involving Mark Twain makeup. You should check it out.
1: <laughs> and in honor of Barbara Streisand, who sat behind me at a screening of Capricorn 1 and kept talking during the whole movie, telling about how two of her exit, how, how two of her
0: husbands yeah, yeah, were yeah, in yeah, the yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's, 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 it's Elliot, Gould Elliot Gould and James Brolin and James Brolin. Oh my God! Yeah, who apparently, and you, I remember you telling me the story. I told the kids this story yeah. when we were watching Capricorn One, and and uh, also how James Brolin <laughs> said, "Hey, this movie's pretty good." Yeah,
2: It's <laughs> a great story.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, this was a, what a great week. What a great week, and <laughs> I mean, so many great picks. We we might have to do another cinematography week at some point because. We could go on for another, uh, uh, you know, a whole month. So, um, but uh, we'll, you know, we'll be back next week with uh, an all new uh, 430 movie. But before
2: that, I want to ask you guys to recap our picks for this week. Uh, yes. So, starting with Steve, Monday. So, Monday is John Alcott's work in Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon. On Tuesday, Darren, your pick was? Tuesday
1: is Vittorio Storaro for The Last. Emperor. Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller's pick. Luciano Tavoli for
0: Dario Argento's Suspiria. On Thursday, it's The Great John Alton, directed by Anthony Mann. T-Men. Dun, 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 dun. And on Friday, by Mutual Consensus, it's John Alonzo in the Roman Polanski masterpiece Chinatown.
1: We have a week. Wow. We have a week.
0: What a week!
4: I would watch that week. In fact, oh, I have man. watched that week, but not in one oh. week. I'd watch it again and again, except for the T-Men. I haven't seen the team. I don't watch, watch. You got to see the T-Men.
2: I feel like by the time we got to Saturday, we'd all be like so full of beautiful images, we'd need to take a long nap. Yes, agreed. Like
1: <laughs> we feel that way anyway, so <laughs> uh, I think that's just the hazard. Yeah, it? no, no, it's no. great,
2: but uh, but this
0: is great, and so great to be back. With the 430 movie, uh, you know, we had a long hiatus, but now we're back. Uh, we're in the thick of it now with the fourth season. Flinging the hits for you. And <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so glad to uh, be back here with all of you. And of course, we're thrilled to be back here with you, our audience. The audience, I, I'm, I'm just thrilled to see every week the show grows in popularity. We really, um, uh, and, and you've all been going, I see a lot of you have been going on um, uh, uh, iTunes and giving us five stars, which is terrific we appreciate it it's a way to let other people know to listen to the show and um you know this was always the also ran podcast in our lineup and it has really been um uh, doing really well for us so that's great and if you want to watch us you can uh, download the free electric now app and you can watch this podcast along with our other video podcasts, including cartoon Barroom with ashley and steve and glorious experts with uh, myself and darren Dockerman and More often than not, Ashley Edward Miller. And uh, also the wonderful Best Movies Never Made with Steve Scarlatta and Josh Miller. And uh, you can follow us on the Twitter at 430 Movie Podcast and on Instagram at The430Movie. And, uh, of course, on Facebook, you can follow us at Electric Surge and also at The430Movie. So that's a lot to remember. Write it down. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> there is a roll point. it back, listen to it again <laughs> but, <laughs> four, two, seven, the one And uh, just uh, and, and So until next Friday On behalf of uh, Ashley, Steve, Darren And myself, I'm going to say a very special Thank you to our sound engineers uh, The great Bill Ritter Along with our associate sound engineer Mark Rivera, our associate producers Zach Raggett and Peter Holmstrom Our producer Natalie Miscelli And our audience for always being there to listen and learn, hopefully, and yell at the, uh, yell yell at your uh, yell at your phone or your car, and say, "What is with these lunatics? What are they thinking? How'd they miss all this stuff?" Anyway, uh, we'll see you next Friday. Until then, Eyewitness News starts now.